0: NRL Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. And welcome back to another pod. This one here, just wanted to quickly talk through some of the off-season signings that will mean the most. So this is mainly just around not who necessarily is going to be the best signing, but this is who I think will impact the club has the chance to impact the club the most, because this season, there's a lot of, maybe not so much the big top tier names have moved around, but that next level that is really important. Um, And I think there's some really good discussions we had here. So there's a real quick top 10 here that I'll put together and I'll kind of give a bit of an explanation to each, but number 10 here, Dan gay guy. So, with Danger Dane, obviously the joke is put the Queensland jersey under him and he will be a gun. But I think it's really good for Newcastle, who, who we've seen a couple of years here, have had a chance to do something in the in the latter part of the season, the finals, and haven't really had that that last year. Gay Guy is one of those guys that can come into your club and really he's obviously he – know, he knows that club. He knows what he's done to the Rabbits the last couple of years and in the, inter- in the rep arena. He'll be able to really bring some professionalism, and he'll be able to, he's a game breaker. He is one of those guys that can, you know, score two tries on his own, you know, rush in and save two tries. He's one of those guys that can do that. And him opposite Bradman Bessie, Bradman Bessie can stay healthy. That's a very nice center combination um, that will be able to lead Newcastle. And, you know, they had guys like Tawala come on, Dom Young obviously came in, and Kalen Pong are at the back. They've got some, they've got some options in the outside backs. And I think Gay Guy just really shores up that center spot to go opposite Bradman. And for whatever reason, Bradman, Goes out with injury, gay guy can slide over to the other side of the field very comfortably. So I think it's a very important signing for Newcastle. They didn't do many this off season. They did kind of hold firm, but I think this is one where the goal for them over the next few years is keep Caleb Hong happy, make sure you know Adam and Brian doesn't get fired, and just keep building what you've had. And I think a very nice, shrewd signing was the Dane Gay guy pickup. Number nine, Cam McInnes, obviously really high on this when the Sharkies did announce it. They made it very clear that Blake Braley is the number nine. Ken McInnes will probably be the 13. It's good. You know, I think there's no need to put McInnes into the nine jersey. I think Braley's shown that he can play 80 or very close to it. Um, you've got McInnes, who, you know, as a secondary dummy half can come in there and provide a very nice service, has a good go forward, and has a good, got a good motor, and we'll be able to really hold down that middle. Because now all of a sudden, if you have guys like Rudolph, Braley and McInnes in the middle of your field, kind of shoring up that middle defense. It makes it very nice and sound. So McInnes is one of those ones, obviously very early, tore the ACL before the season last year, was let go as the club captain, picked up by the Sharks. It's a good signing. And again, there's not much potential for it to be game breaking. If he was still in the number nine jersey and, you know, a bit early in the career, possibly, I think he's still got a lot of good footy left in him. And I think it is a very shrewd signing. He can be a club captain and really lead this team. Uh, to where they want to go. Uh, but again, number nine, still a very good signing, but we'll, we'll see how far he can really take this side and bring them to the next level that they want to go. Number eight an interesting one because they can go one or two ways for me. It's Moses Sembai. uh Look, he's one of those real versatile players. So it's very good to have at your club. I, thought, I think what you saw at the Tigers last year was one of the guys that really came in, provided spark, 100% effort when he was playing. You know, where is he going to play in this Dragons team is the big question for me because whether it's Sloan at the back, Sullivan in the halves, McCulloch at nine, in the centers, you know, they've got Moses Suley and Zach Lomax. Do so you think those would be taken? 13 is Jack DeBellin. So whether he's going to come off the bench and just do a bit of a utility role, whether he starts at fullback or in the six, if there's an injury, he comes in and covers it just gives options. We saw what happened last year when Ben Hunt went down, their attack fell off a cliff. And I think with Moses and Bye, it's one of those safe pair of hands that, again, you know, if Sloan isn't performing, you can put him in at the one. If Lomax breaks his thumb again, he can put him in the centers. There's so many versatile options you can have. And you've already got a guy like Jack Bird, who obviously will be in this team somewhere. That's another guy who I've mentioned in all those positions. So, you know, between Jack Bird and Moses and Bye, it gives them two very key and two of the best utilities in the com that can really. Step in and do a job for you. So we'll see how Hook deploys him. But again, to me, it can be fantastic and he can really shore up because again, it's not all about the best signings here. If he just comes in for a couple of games and if he is a high-grade version of Benji Martin did for the rabbits last year, that's a win for the dragons. They got they can have that off the bench, a bit of spark. So Moses and buyers number eight there for me. Number seven, Nico Hines. So the big question out of the storm system. Does a playmaker go down and have success? He tore it up last year when he stepped in for Ryan Pappenhausen. Looked very nice sliding across the field. That's one of his best traits, is the way he's able to, with the ball and without the ball, to slide across the defensive line and kind of just look to pick the hole and pick which guy to target in the line. He did that perfectly last year. And a lot of people who, you know, especially on a super coach watch who had him in their teams was really noticing that because, you know, I had Pappenhausen. He went down, had Nico Hines. So I took a real big vested interest in the Nico Hines experience, and it was really enjoyable. He's one of those guys, um, you know, at the back, very safe with the hands, you know, not going to be flashy scoring, runaway tries to a point like Pappenhausen, but in attack, I think has got much better hands. And he's going to go into the half, so it's obviously pretty clear Kennedy is the one. Six or seven will be Nico. How does he perform as the lead playmaker? Do they have Billy Trindle? Do they have Matt Moylan inside of him? Does Luke Metcalf in his last year at Canola get a run there? Going to be quite tricky to get an accurate description on it because I think anyone who goes with absolute certainty right now would be taking a massive guess. So I, I think it's going to be a good signing. Nico showed that. Uh, I think he showed enough last year where it's not just going to be a flash in the pan type of deal. He has got a lot of skill about him and, especially with more ball in hand, because you've got to think last year, obviously having the guys like Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes in that side took a lot of the ball playing away. Then you obviously had the two hookers in Grant and Brandon Smith. Again, very instrumental ball in hand. So going from maybe the fourth or fifth option in that Storm side to the first or second in the Shark side, it's going to be intriguing to see what he does there, but I think he will have a good season. Number five, similar to the pick here, is Chad Townsend. So as we go into the season previews, we'll see who is up for the scoop. But this is definitely a team, in my opinion, that can be in line for it. Chad Townsend's gone up there on big money. Uh, he's a good player, great player. Um, but can he carry the burden of this side? Who partners him? Is it Scott Drinkwater or Tom Dearden? It's going to be a long wait, I think, for a Cowboys fan to... Really confirm who that is going to be. I think the trials are critical for the Cowboys. I think Chad Townsend should play minimal. Uh, we know what he is at this stage of his career. He's a good player who will be able to gel with someone on the side of him. I think it's all about who's playing the best footy at round one. Has Tom Dearden got another pre on under belt? Has he got the body? Has he got the maturity? Has drink Drinkwater, you know, got that? He's got so much flair, Scott Drinkwater. Is he able to rein in a little bit and, you know, become the second fiddle? Um, these are questions they need to ask because Chad Townsend's gone up there on big money to do a job and he needs to have a number six inside of him. That's when, when Chad succeeds as a seven, he has a great six inside of him. So it's all about this whole preseason should be about two things. Who gets the full box bat, who gets the fullback spot, Hammer or Val, and who is going to partner Chad Townsend in the halves. Number four, SJ Sean Johnson, the homecoming. Back to the Warriors. I think everyone loved to see it. Injury plague time at the Sharkies He's played really well when he was on the pitch. He comes back to a Warrior side who thought they had their half combination for the next couple of years in Harris Tavita and Nicarima, But all of a sudden now, Nicarima seems like he's on the out. Reports about Harris Tavita possibly was going to get moved before their last season. You got Ash Taylor there on a train trial, and Sean Johnson's obviously come home. So it's all about now for me. How, how do they get the best out of Sean Johnson? Is it going to be building a long-term partnership with you? Because Harris, David, to me, needs to be the number seven. Whether Nick Riemann gets a new sense of life and he can come in and be the seven next to Sean Johnson's six. And how does Reese Walsh? Because to me, the Warrior season is really up against, can we get some prime Sean Johnson with an up-and-coming Reese Walsh? Because last year, it did fall on Reese's hands at the end of the season, a little bit too much ball for the young man. If Sean Johnson, this late stage of his career can come in, the running game was still there. We saw last year, not as much, but we did see a bunch of it. Obviously the game in the passing game is still there for Shawnee. I think there's a real chance, you know, they're away from home again. Hopefully they're going to get back to New Zealand, but it's all about Sean Johnson. I think for this season and how he and Reese Walsh can carry the attacking burden of this warrior. So if they can continue you know, playing good defense and just trying to out, you know, not trying to just outscore teams for the sake of outscoring them. They're a real shot here. And I think Sean Johnson has a lot left in the tank. I think, you know, it's not just a, a one season fairy tale. There is a couple of good years left in him. So we'll be interested to see what happens there. But we go to number three, it's Connor Watson for the Roosters. Obviously let go from the Knights. There was a real sense that something was going to be blossoming in Newcastle with Connor Watson. It just never happened for whatever reason. You know, whether they want to put him at the six, the nine, or the thirteen, which I thought they were all positions of need for Newcastle at some stage in Watson's tenure, just never happened. Did have a couple of injuries that did factor in there as well, but he's such a great player and it's such a shrewd pickup from the Roosters. Whether they do play him at the nine, whether they play him as the Benji Marshall super sub, they got a lot of options with Connor Watson. Now we did see what they did with Adam Kieran, who was a half, who went into the centers and did a really, really good role for the Roosters late in the season? Can they possibly even turn Connor Watson into an outside back? I don't, you know, question that. But whether they go for Sam Verrill's or do they just, because obviously you've got the cheese coming there in 23. So this is a one-year loan here. I would love to see Connor Watson starting in the nine jersey and having Verrill's come off the bench and giving Connor Watson, you know, 60 to 65, even turning a bit of a middle rotation because he's got, he's got, Sorry. flair he's got speed he's got instinct he's one of those guys that can drift across the park look for a gap he has a nice pass i think he's everything that a trent robertson middle player wants to be so i think conor watson is an pick pickup and again he's gonna be one of those guys we look back at the end of the season and say how did the roosters get him because it just doesn't seem fair number two the fox josh Adokar. So I'm putting him, and I, I did skip here, Matt Burden at six, but I did want to hold him into now because this is the Bulldog season, to be honest. They've got a lot of signings. You know, you've got a lot of guys in the front row there in Paul Vaughan. you got guys there in David Penguin Jr. You know, Brent Naden's come over, Matt Dufty at the back, but it's all up to these two guys. Number two, Anika, number six, Burden. To me, how can these two guys come out of their respective systems, Burden being the Panthers, Adokar being the Storm, playing in a grand final, now coming to the team that has been for the last three years the worst team in the comp by record and by all estimations, you know, the attack. It's all about the attack for these guys. You know, they're not going to improve their defense so much. It's going to be, can they stop scoring 10 points a game and can they get up to 18 to 24? Um, Adokar, can he continue, you know, he's not going to have like, you know, the... Near 30 tries a season, but can he get it up to near the you know, 16 to 20? Because we are a long time but since our Bulldogs guy has done that. I think he has got the chance to do it. Um, Matt Burden, obviously, saw him in limited roles at the Panthers, be that halfback to come in and do a role next to Jerome Luai. Can he do it as the lead playmaker now? And who partners him is a huge question mark to me. You basically got three. You got Jake Averillo, you got Brandon Wakeham, and you got Kyle Flanagan. One of these guys, I think having Matt Dufty as a ball player at the back is a huge help for both of these guys. I think Dufty can really get the ball out to add a car on some of those sweeps, and I think he can be a very good link play between Burden and Dufty where, you know, Burden can give Dufty that little bit of room out the back. That that's all he needs with his speed. So those guys collectively, I think to me, out of all like the 10 signings I've done this year, it's down to those two really because the other ones will fall into place. It's whether they've got a potent outside back who can score tries and win games on his own in car. And can Matt Burton be that safe set of hands that can really steer the side around? And this half combination of, you know, Lachlan Lewis and Wakeham and Avarillo and Flanagan, can that finally be stopped now? And we have a steady hand in Matt Burton. Like it's the number one, Adam Reynolds. To me, this has been the signing that it, of the season. I think it will be so telling as we get through this season and how the Broncos get on. They were so close in so many games last year. They were not a bad team, you know, whether the coaching, which there are still question marks about. But for me, it's all about here, you know, those close games that you lost and the bit of game management that you needed. You've got probably the best game manager in the comp, one of them at least. His kicking game, his goal kicking, it'll be a huge, huge pressure off the rest of his teammates. You just look at, you know, Tessie Newt looks like he'll get the fullback jersey. He'll get a little bit more space with Reynolds at the back. You look at whether it's going to be Tony Staggs, Tyson Gamble, Albert Kelly in the six. Again, those guys will benefit greatly. You know, they'll be able to focus a bit more on their running game possibly because Adam Reynolds with the boot is one of the best in the comp. And his, his field placement, he's general kicking game, it's all there and it's top-notch. It's something that they severely lacked last year. And you kind of think to where they've been the last couple of years, you know, trying to, you know, nurture Tom Dearden through the ranks and all of a sudden now you have potentially the second, third, fourth best halfback in the comp, um, you know, in the twilight of his queue ready to really try and make another run here. I think it's a tremendous signing and, you know, part of that with uh, a guy who just missed out at least Kirk Apo, if he, you know, he has him on his edge or he has the Jordan Ricky side He's got two guys that are able to run over on those Adam Reynolds short boards. And then again, out the back, just think about the sweet plays. You've got, you know, two centers in Farnworth and Staggs who love a little bit of space. And, you know, can he get the ball out to Cobo or Oates or all these guys that they've got there now? Um, it's just going to be so fascinating to watch. I think Adam Reynolds is going to come in there. He's already, you know, part of the leadership group there and it looks like he might even be the captain for this year. I think it's a, it was a tremendous signing. And it was like, I get why the Rabbits, they've obviously got their plan that they want to move forward here. But for the Broncos, they were going to suck without Reynolds this year anyway. So for whatever reason, if he falls off a cliff, this contract is not going to look bad because it's a great investment. And if it does go right, it can put you straight back into the finals and you're not too far away. With some of the young guys developing to come through to make some noise in September. So that's it, guys. That's the that's the ten signings I think will have the most impact on their side. So not the best potentially, but the most impact and what what they can do for their club. And as we go through the previews again and the some of the groupings that we'll do, um, there'll be so much more, and we'll go a little bit in depth on some of these guys because I think some of these have a real chance to have career years, comeback years, or potentially the, maybe this we've seen the best of them. So we'll we'll go through it all. But again, just in summary, I think. It's all going to be about the playmakers. I think, you know, there have been some backs and some forwards that have moved around, but it's all about the spine players to me. There's been a very nice little under-the-radar bunch here that have moved clubs that can have some really, really big impacts. But that will do it, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.